Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandy, and welcome today. This is the last in my series that I'm doing on God's call for the church, God's direction for the church, what he's asked us to do in these last days. And today we're talking about the authority that's been given to us over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt us. Let's go to the word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. It is great to have you here today. And this is number six in my series on God's mission for the church. What is God's plan for us today? And I've been talking about the whole reason Jesus came to earth, took on human being, became in the uh, in the womb of Mary and uh, was born, but came as sinless human. And uh, again, the, the seed that was sown into Mary came from God and not from a human being. And so he came to this earth as the God man, perfect in both respects, perfect deity, perfect humanity. And then again, as Adam missed it, Jesus Christ did not miss it, for Adam came into this earth in the same condition as Jesus, but yet failed because he listened to Satan, was tempted, and fell. And so Jesus Christ was tempted in all points as we are. Adam fell on the very very first, that always, that always gets me, the very first temptation given to Adam and Eve, they fell for it. But Jesus Christ lived for 33 years, and the three years of public ministry, Jesus Christ was tempted in every single point by Satan as we are. In fact, the moment he took on that, that ministry, Satan met him. And in the time of 40 days when Jesus fasted, at the end of that time, Satan came to him and tried three times, strong temptations, and Jesus Christ succeeded every time. And then the rest of his life, with all the temptations, never gave in to it. Even on the cross, never gave in to the temptation to sin, to, to get mad, to get angry, forgave those who crucified him, and then finally at the end said, into your hands I dismiss my spirit, and he died. He lived, he was born in perfection, lived in perfection, died in perfection, and so he's the one that was qualified to take our sins. We ended last time talking about the names of the titles of his deity and names and titles for his humanity. And again, as I'm teaching, this is, a lot of this is found in my book, On the Book of Ephesians, about what I'm teaching on here today, God's mission for the church. And again, you'll be greatly blessed by it. The announcer will come on at halftime and tell you how you can have a copy of it for yourself. You'll be blessed by it. All right, let's, we get, let me recover here. And that is the fact, names for his deity. Names for his deity was Christ and Son of God and I am. Uh, Christ uh, and Son of God, again, these are titles for his deity. They didn't have to be given to him. He already possessed them. Titles for his humanity were given to him once he was born here, but before that time, he was only deity. And so Peter said to him one day, when Jesus said, what's the buzz on the streets? His disciples said, well, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, because what Jesus said was, tell me, who do, the, what, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And so that's a title for humanity. That's why they said, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah, come back from the dead and all that. He said, but who do you say that I am? And that's when, again, Peter spoke up and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Use those two major titles for him, both Christ and the son of God. And Jesus said, listen, he said, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. Flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. But my father, the Holy Spirit, in his deity spoke to 
Peter at that moment revealing who Jesus Christ was. And then of course, uh, he said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, you're blessed, Simon. But the next one, Jesus himself said to the Pharisees of his day before Abraham was, I am. There was also a time when Jesus was arrested the night before he went to the cross and was beaten and all that stuff. They came to arrest him and said, we're looking for Jesus, the, you know, the one, and he said, they said, uh, are you he? He said, I am. He Listen, your King James says, I am he, but the he is in italics. He just simply said, I am, and they all fell over backward. That, that very creative one that stood in front of them, the very creator of all the, of all the universe stood in front of them and used that name and said, I am, and they all fell over. Jesus used that name when speaking to the Pharisees. And he talked about that he knew Abraham. They said, what are you talking about? You knew it. You're not even 50 years old. And you're saying you knew Abraham? He said, before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham was even here, I already existed. And he was talking from his deity and they got so angry at him for doing so. Names for his humanity. Jesus was a title for his humanity where Christ was a title for his deity. And he already had the title Christ, but when he came into this earth, Gabriel said whenever he was being born and had been born, they were discussing what will his name be. The angel came and said, you'll call his name Jesus, a human name. Other Jesuses existed at that time and did throughout Jesus' lifetime. There's a couple of other Jesuses found in the book of Acts. And so for his humanity, there's the name Jesus. And there's also the name, the son of man. Again, as deity, we have Christ and son of God, but as humanity, it was Jesus and the son of man. And so Jesus said, the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Why? Because deity neither slumbers nor sleeps. It says Jesus was hungry after 40 days of fasting, but God doesn't eat. God doesn't need a sandwich. God doesn't need, you know, a drink. Uh, humanity did. And so Jesus was hungry as a human being. He had to sleep as a human being. He could get hungry. And so notice the titles though. It didn't say Christ has nowhere to lay his head because Christ doesn't sleep. It didn't say Christ was hungry. It says Jesus was hungry. It says the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And again, Gabriel said to Mary, and to the others around, you will call his name Jesus. Then there was titles for his union. What do we mean by that? He's the God-man together. So he's called Christ Jesus. He's also called Jesus Christ. And so there's times again when the humanity is emphasized more than the deity, and that's Jesus Christ. The, the deity emphasized more than the humanity. He's called Christ Jesus, but also a title for his union is the son of David, because the Lord told him in the Old Testament, he said that Messiah would come and he would be of your seed. He would be called the son of David. He would be of your seed and he will sit on the throne of David forever. To be the seed of David, he would have to be a human and born from his lineage, but also to sit on the throne of David forever, he would have to be divine. And so Gabriel said, when he was born, he will sit on the throne of his father, David. Isaiah said, oh, what a fabulous verse of scripture this one is. Unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. Unto us, human beings, the child was born. 
Notice this, for us, the child was born and the son was given. Why? Because the child hadn't existed yet, but the son did. So the child was born, the child was created in the womb of Mary, but the son who had always been here was given at that time. And so the humanity and deity of Jesus is seen right there at that point. The virgin birth brought the humanity of Jesus into the earth outside the curse of Adam. And so Jesus came into this earth, but even though he came into this earth as the God-man, he laid his deity aside. Although he referred to it, although he spoke through it at times, he never used it. What do you mean by that? Jesus never forgave sins or performed a miracle as God, but as a sinless human being. Understand that. Jesus came into this earth, and why did he do that? So we could understand that he can use us. I'm not God. Some of you think, I, you know, well, I think you are God because the way you teach. You know what? That's an anointing. That's a gift from God, but he anointed a human being named Bob. And Bob has his flaws, and Jesus had none. And he was the one to represent all mankind, but also represent God himself. So Jesus did not forgive sins. He did not heal or perform miracles as deity, but as a sinless human being. The humanity of Jesus was anointed at his baptism to preach the gospel, heal the sick, and perform miracles. I get so tired of hearing this. I mean, there's still people keep saying it and, and people from different denominations. Oh, Jesus didn't heal because he was a human being. He healed because he was God. So we can't do that since we're not God again. So he could do that while he was here and he healed lots and lots of people. But he went to heaven, healing was taken with him because he was deity, he was God. Jesus never healed because he was God. He healed as a spotless, sinless human being and then took that. And the reason why he did that was so he could show us what we were going to have when we receive Jesus as our savior. And when we begin to walk with him as a disciple in this earth, it could be given to us. So the humanity of Jesus was anointed at his baptism to preach the gospel, heal the sick, and perform miracles. Why do I say that? Because if he would have healed as a deity, if he would have healed as God, he could heal at eight years old, 12 years old, 20 years old, 25 years old. Why did he wait till he was 30 years old? He waited till he was 30 years old to show himself before the father. And on the, that day, the father said, not only was he born in perfection, he has walked in perfection. And from heaven, he declared, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, well pleased. So at that point, God said, now it's time to anoint your humanity with the power to heal, the power to forgive sins, the power to cast out devils. And at 30 years old, Jesus was anointed and baptized by John the Baptist. And when he came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit came upon him and Jesus moved from that time and began to perform miracles. Why? Because he did it through his humanity. The humanity of Jesus was anointed at his baptism to preach the gospel, heal the sick and perform miracles. Matthew chapter three, verses 13 and verse 16. It said, then Jesus came. Notice, not Christ. Then Jesus came from Galilee to Jordan to be baptized by John. Verse 16, and Jesus, here it is again, not Christ. And Jesus, when he was baptized, came up out of the water and the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove lighting upon him. Luke chapter four, verse one, Jesus 
being full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan. Verse 17 of Luke chapter four, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to heal. And Jesus here was brought into his own hometown and as his custom was, opened up the word of God, went to Isaiah chapter 61, read about Isaiah's prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ and the day that humanity would begin to operate in signs, wonders, and miracles. He said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And boy, did they become angry at that. They knew the verse spoke about the coming Messiah. And here was the kid that was raised in their town declaring that. The deity of Jesus did not die on the cross and could not die. His humanity was crucified. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, the son of man must die. The son of man will be betrayed and the son of man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. But that son of man stood for all mankind because he was perfect and spotless as a human being. The angel, after the resurrection of Jesus and the tomb was open and the women came to see his body, the angel that greeted them said this, I know you seek Jesus who was crucified. Oh, even the angel had it correctly. As a human being, Jesus now sits in heaven beside the Father as our mediator in heaven. He came to this earth as our mediator. He is still our mediator in heaven for sinners to come to know Jesus and for the prayers of the saints to be answered. We'll qualify this when we come back after the break. This is just exciting stuff. We'll see you when we come back. Ephesus was famous for reckless living and idol worship. Even so, the Ephesian church was deeply spiritual. Unlike other letters correcting error, Paul's letter to the Ephesians revealed to mature believers both the truth of who they are in Christ and the practical application of this revelation to their marriages, families, and everyday lives. Bobby Andian's New Testament commentary on Ephesians ties in Greek word studies and scriptural references, revealing God's empowering grace and the unprecedented authority of every believer as part of the body of Christ on earth. To order the New Testament commentary on Ephesians, visit our website at bobbyendian.com. Understanding the end times, one of the most incredible and fascinating doctrines in the Word of God, will bring us comfort for the days in which we live. The Bible says we are to encourage and exhort one another with the knowledge of Jesus returning for his saints. In Understanding the End Times, Pastor Bob Yandian provides a thorough and exciting study to give you more revelation of these times in which we live. Topics include the seven dispensations, the dispensation of the mystery, the rapture of the church, the judgment seat of Christ, Daniel's 70 weeks, the Temple Discourse, the Tribulation, the Second Coming, the Millennial Reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. To order Understanding the End Times, visit bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. 
Look with me at 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5. Again, we come back to it. A human being, Jesus, sits in heaven beside the Father as our mediator. He is still the God-man. Now he has a resurrection body, just like we will have one day. When Jesus Christ went to the cross, a natural human body was on the cross. But when he was resurrected from the dead, he came back in a supernatural resurrection body that does not have any blood in it. In fact, whenever he reached out to his disciples, he said, here, touch me, for a spirit doesn't have flesh and bone as you see me have. So there's no, uh, there's no blood in that resurrection body because blood is what keeps a natural body alive, but the Holy Spirit and the power of God is what keeps a resurrection body alive. So as a human being, Jesus sits in heaven right beside the Father as our mediator, a place where angels can't sit. Why? Because angels didn't redeem us. No angel is the angelic God or angelic man. No, they cannot be our mediator. So Jesus Christ is both God and man and now sits beside the Father as a resurrected, perfect human being. First Timothy chapter two and verse five says this, there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man. Christ Jesus. Isn't that incredible? He's sitting in heaven as a man. No wonder since I'm in him, I can sit at the right hand of the Father because through Jesus Christ, I am the righteousness of God and can sit at the Father's right hand. Angels don't sit there. And we sit with Jesus on God's throne at the right hand of the Father. Again, angels don't sit there. And the reason why is this. Angels might've thought they were going to sit there. I mean, after the fall of Adam, I'm sure they all thought, well, this 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 experiment that God did failed. Uh, he's going to turn back to, you know, a, an angel and turn all authority over to that angel. And well, Lucifer has blown it. So we bet there might have been some bets going. We put Gabriel. Oh, how about that? We think Gabriel could be the next one that could, could do that. And so, again, there's other angels, you know, that they probably picked and chose that could fulfill those positions. But again, God had another thought in mind. And that thought was as we started this whole thing, this whole series, that was part of the mystery, unknown. Angels didn't know about it. Demons didn't know about it. Satan didn't know about it. And only God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit knew about it. And on the day of Pentecost, the mystery was revealed and suddenly understood that God's plan throughout all the centuries was even though man blew it, he's still going to be God's choice. And where Adam blew it, the second Adam came along and succeeded where the first one failed, the next one succeeded. And because of his success, we have success. Let's talk about the anointing again that came on Jesus. How come there's such arguments today about laying hands on the sick and people say, well, yeah, I know Jesus could do that, but after all, he was God. Yes, he was, but he was also a human being. If he healed because he was God, why did he have to wait so long? Why not at five years old, you know, do miracles? And why not at 10 years old, heal the sick? There was as many sick people when he was 10 years old as when he was 30 years old, but he had to wait for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to come on his humanity. Notice here in Acts chapter 10, I want to take a look at verse 36 through verse 38. And here is describing that day when Jesus Christ was baptized in the river Jordan by John and the Holy Spirit descended on his humanity because the Holy Spirit was already on his deity, but it had to come on his humanity because it was humanity that was going to go to work. And for the next three years, humanity was at work. 
Verse 36, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Notice, not Christ of heaven. The Holy Spirit anointed Jesus from Nazareth. Deity didn't come from Nazareth. Deity created Nazareth. God was here long before Nazareth was here. Deity was here long before the earth was here, long before the universe was here. Deity had never had a beginning. And deity now joined together with a human body and 30 years later was baptized by John the Baptist. And notice how God the Father anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. God anointed the humanity of Jesus for signs and wonders at the baptism of John. Jesus did not heal, work miracles, or raise the dead before age 30. Jesus proved himself as a human being and had more proof yet to come. And after 30 years, God said, you've done everything just as I asked. Now we're entering into a three-year public ministry. And God said he was well pleased with him. Twice he said this. First of all, at his baptism. Next of all, on the Mount of Transfiguration in front of Peter, James, and John, the voice of God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Uh, listen, God had different times when he graded the progress of his son, Jesus. And the grade was always an A plus, A plus, A plus, A plus. And this time he said it at the baptism. He said, now I'm anointing Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. If God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, he could later on anoint 120 human beings in an upper room, then 3,000 in the streets that afternoon, then 5,000 a couple of days later after the healing of the man at the gate, beautiful, thousands in Samaria, a houseful in Caesarea, Saul in Damascus, and 12 at the upper coast of Ephesus in chapter 19 of the book of Acts. What am I simply saying? If God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, he can anoint Bob of Bigsby, Oklahoma. He can announce, he can, he can uh, fill you with the Holy Spirit and anoint you. Your name might be Andy and you come from Anderson, Missouri. You might be Walter of Walsall over in England, Brenda of Birmingham or Nancy from Notting Hill. I mean, these are people I've met in different places I've gone, especially over in England. And any place in the world, God can anoint you because you're humanity, but you've been born again. Jesus Christ here came and into this earth, came as righteousness, maintained his righteousness, then gave me that righteousness. And that's why the very moment I received the righteousness of God, I can now be filled with the Holy Spirit and Bob of Bigsby, Oklahoma, can now be anointed by the Holy Spirit to do signs and wonders and miracles. Because Jesus didn't come into this earth as God to remain God. He came to this earth so he could take on humanity and take our place and then show us through his humanity everything that is offered to us. My life of healings and miracles began when I, as a Christian, was filled with the Holy Spirit and ended up speaking with tongues. Healing and miracles are my supernatural assistance to winning souls in the kingdom of God. You say, yes, but I'm not as powerful as Satan. You don't have to be. Jesus Christ in his humanity did not have muscles bigger than Satan. 
In his humanity, he didn't have leg muscles bigger than Satan. What he had in him, inside of him, from the time he was born, and then especially anointed by the Holy Spirit to perform signs, wonders, and miracles, he was not given power over Satan. He was given authority over the power of Satan. You have not been given more power than the devil. One small demon is more powerful than you, but you have been given authority over all the power of the enemy. Luke chapter 10, let's take a look with me at verse 17 through 19. Then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject unto us in your name. We covered this verse before. I want to cover it again now that we've understood that humanity is anointed by the Holy Spirit. And not only did Jesus have it, not only did the 12 have it, he gave it to the larger group of 70. Luke chapter 10, verse 17, then the 70 returned again with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject unto us through your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give to you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I'm going to take a look at two words that's often translated power in the King James, but this is the correct translation. I'm using the new King James. I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. The word authority is exousia, and that's exactly what it means, authority over all the power, dunamis, of the enemy, and that is referring to physical power. Dynamite comes from that. Explosive power comes from that. But we have been given authority over the explosive power of the enemy. And he goes on to say, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written. A policeman has authority over the power of the cars, not power over their power, but authority over their power. What backs authority is power. What backed the authority of Jesus on that day was all the power of heaven. He did not have the power of heaven in his human body. He carried the authority in him and the power over Satan came and was displayed as deity had a wrestling match and an arm wrestling match with, uh, with Satan's power itself. And when Jesus Christ descended into hell, there came a war, a war from God against Satan, Satan against God. And the beauty of it was God won that thing hands down. If it was an arm wrestling match, God just said, amen. And after three days and three nights, Satan was defeated. God's power was proved to be stronger than the power of Satan himself. And when Jesus Christ arose from the dead, he was not given power over Satan. That battle was over. And that battle was proven in the inner parts of the earth. What Jesus was given was authority over the power of the enemy. And just as a policeman does not have more power than the cars, he has authority over the power of the cars and the trucks. Whenever there's a light that's out, a signal that's out, and a policeman stands in the intersection, and now this group has gone, and now this group can now go, he simply raises his hand like this, and all those cars and trucks come to a stop. What if what if a small little Honda decided to run over him? He doesn't have more power than a Honda does. You don't have more power than the smallest of demons do, much less over the big diesel trucks that were coming through there, the 18 wheelers. You put your hand up like this as simply as a policeman and it comes to a screeching halt. Why does all that power come to a screeching halt? Because of the authority that I would carry as a policeman. My badge and my uniform 
proves that I have that authority. And behind authority is power. When Bob raises his hand, Bob from Bigsby, anointed by the Holy Spirit, lift up my hand and say, in the name of Jesus, Satan, stop. All of hell comes to a screeching halt. Why? Because they don't want to face the power again. Behind my authority is all the power of heaven, and the power of heaven defeated them one day, and the power of heaven prevails. Therefore, I simply stand there, not in my name. I say in the name of the law, or in the name of Jesus, I come to you. And you know what? It carries all the weight of heaven. So what backs a policeman's authority is the power of the local government. What backs me as a man of God, anointed by the Holy Spirit, is all the power of heaven. Oh, this has all been given to you. This is so, so good. I'll see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.